The Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Be it props, parlays, in-game wagering, MyBookie.ag has it all. And if you use the sign-up code SGP50, you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. With MyBookie, you play, you win and you get paid. The Sports Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Amazon. You probably already shop at Amazon, but why not shop at Amazon and support us here at the Sports Gambling Podcast for bringing you these shows for free. All you have to do to support us is log on to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Amazon, bookmark that link, and use it every time you shop at Amazon to support the podcast today. Let it ride. <laughs> Hey guys, you are listening to your Copa America preview here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. I've also decided to restart myself a Twitter account as well. You can follow me at LockBetting on Twitter. That's at LockBetting. Um, we'll see how long I persist with this account because... I sort of hate Twitter, but I'm going to give it another go because um, it is beneficial to give out you guys some information about betting packages at lockbetting.com, about future podcasts, as well as a few free in-play tips that will lead you to the LockBetting website via the links that I will post out. So there is a good enough reason to be on there at the moment. But of course, um, when the trolling and the bullshit starts, that's when I start to lose interest. So I'll be vaguely participating in the Twitter sphere um, over the next few months, building up that lock betting account. But let's focus not on Twitter, but on the soccer, which looking at my Patreon subscriptions this month, a lot of people thought that it was done and dusted. And I got a lot of messages saying, hi, thanks for the service. We'll be back in August. Well, guys, you completely forgot about the Copper America. You completely forgot about the fact that there will be transfers and you completely forgot about the Euro 2020 qualifiers and the Women's World Cup. We are 100% on the Women's World Cup and we went four and one with our Euro 2020 qualifiers. We have a massive group parlay on the Women's World Cup, which looks like it's going to land. And we're about to start the Copper America. So get involved, lockbetting.com. If you want tips on all of the games, we will be covering all of the group games. So there will be a separate podcast covering the group stage matches because here on this particular podcast, Ryan and Sean have asked me to stick to covering the anti-post and that's what we will be doing. We'll be covering the anti-post bets. We'll be looking at the outright winners. We'll be looking at the top goal scorers and we'll be looking at the groups. Um, and the format for this is very, very odd because you don't have many groups and somehow you're going to get a quarterfinal out of this. So it's very strange. It's pretty hard to not qualify for the next round of the Copper America. You're going to have to be pretty shit in these group stages to not get through, which makes me weary about putting out a massive play in terms of winning the groups because I'm not too sure how important it's going to be other than teams just doing it for personal pride. We have a lot of contenders suddenly for this Copa America, the outright favourites. 
and rightfully so, will be the Brazilians because they are the best team, highest ranked team, and they are hosting this um, competition. But some outsiders are coming through. Colombia are going to be a threat because they have so many decent players. Uruguay are on an unbelievable run. Uruguay have lost just one game in the last two and a quarter years, and that was in the World Cup against France. Since the World Cup, they've been on a 100% record, and obviously during the World Cup, they, they won um, four games they're unbeaten at the World Cup until they lost to France but they actually won all those four games there was no draw in the group stages or nothing they were just blitzing past everybody they won four out of five and then came unstuck against France who were actually the winners of course of the World Cup so in 27 months or 28 months even uh, Uruguay have only lost one game and that was in the World Cup to the team that won the World Cup so you can't say they're not strong and Argentina some people would write them off because they were going into this with a caretaker manager uh, some people said it was just preparation for the next World Cup then all of a sudden Lionel Messi decides it's going to play this tournament and a lot of people didn't see that coming so it's now quite an exciting tournament when it looked like something that was going to go under the radar and seemed like a big opportunity for Brazil to get a trophy back in their trophy cabinet because it's been lean for them lately So I think we all remember that from the 2014 World Cup, an absolute humiliation for Brazil. And they didn't recover from that. They didn't win the last Copa America. As I said, Chile were the winners of the Copa America uh, last time out on this show. That was one of the only results we got wrong because we were riding out that tournament massively successfully last time with Jeff Cohen and, and Chile were the big upset winners over Argentina. And then, of course, in the last World Cup, they were eliminated by Belgium by two goals to one and never really looked good in that tournament from the start where they drew against Switzerland and um, in the end ended up going out to, to Belgium. They just never looked right, 
Neymar never look right and Neymar always seems to be a distraction and he's a distraction again coming into this tournament even though he's not going to play in it he's got himself another injury in preparation for this tournament which means he's not going to be playing in it and a lot of focus will be on that even though he won't be there he's got the the rape allegations hanging over his head and I almost feel that despite the fact that he's not going to be there and he's obviously the second top goal scorer in Brazil's history with 60 goals in 97 games. Uh, sorry, yeah, 60 goals, 67 in 90, I believe it is. Um, I'll look that up. But it's it's something along those lines. Um, I'm doing this freestyle. I'm not actually got it in front of me. Yeah, it was right the first time. 60 goals in 97 games. I see, I do kind of know what I'm talking about. I'm memorizing that stat. Um, and it, it would seem like a massive loss, but I think without the weight of the world on, on his shoulders and without the weight of Brazil on his shoulders anyway, um, I think it might actually help Brazil to not be overly reliant on one player to, to guide him here. Although there will be publicity um, aimed towards Neymar anyway, because he's obviously going to be in attendance at the games. And if they are to fall short, there will be this big debate of oh, what would they have done it with Neymar? Would they not have done it without Neymar? Like, what difference would it have made? I just feel that without him there and without that reliance on him that other players will come through and that doesn't not doesn't necessarily mean that um, this is going to be a squad that are unable to cope. These are all Champions League players. And the thing is, is with the Brazilian national team, it's always about the attack, 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 attack. But this team, and this has been the case for some years, ever since looking back to that 7-1 defeat that we just focused on, this defence has been fixed and they've always also had high-quality defensive midfielders sitting in front. I mean, Fernandinho is a player that massively improves Manchester City when he plays and he sits in this defence. Casemiro sits in front of this defence. Casemiro sits in front of this defence. At the back, you have competition for places between two of the best goalkeepers in the world, two of the best goalkeepers in in the Premier League, no doubt, but two two players that help their sides into the top two in, in Edison and, and Allison. And um, if you've got the Man City and Liverpool goalkeeper there in, in one playing for one nation, you certainly are a, a decent outfit defensively. And in front of that, obviously, you have uh, the likes of Thiago Silva, Danny Alves, even though they are aging players, they're still quality players uh, same can be said for Marcelo at fullback um, in attack you still have the likes of Lucas Moura Philip Coutinho Gabriel Jesus Willian um, Vincent Junior it's just so much quality all over the place uh, people like Fabinho and and Felipe Luiz uh, Mar uh, Marquinhos uh, the, these are all uh, fringe players at, at this juncture. I mean, I think Marquinhos will play um, at centre-back now uh, above Miranda or whether he'll play above Silva. I'm not 100% sure how Brazil are, are definitely going to line up. But the fact is, is that with or without Neymar, there's so much quality there to, to win this tournament. It's more quality than all the other sides have got. The only thing I will say is that they haven't got that world-class player within the confines of, of the top five or ten, which is what Neymar was, that Argentina possessed. Argentina quite clearly possessed the number one footballer in this tournament. The only problem is, is that that footballer hasn't delivered 
on the international scene for, for quite some time. And yes, he's had moments 100%, but it's not week in, week out like it is with Barcelona. Obviously, it can't be week in, week out of international football, but it's not game by game is my point. Um, he had a very disappointing World Cup in uh, 2018 and somehow was given the player of the tournament in 2014 when he pretty much did nothing. Um, he had a decent Copa America last time out, but again, failed to do anything in the final. It, Messi didn't show up for the final. And despite that, um, Argentina are the clear second favourites for this competition. Uh, but but Brazil are available at 5-4. to four. Uh, Argentina are available seven to two, Uruguay at thirteen to two, Colombia at nine to one, and Chile are twelve to one to retain this competition. Outside of that, I don't give much hope to anyone. Uh, you may be thrown by the fact that Japan are playing in this competition, um, and obviously, if you look on a map, you'll see that they're not in South America. This is an invitational situation, um, something that the Copa America do sometimes. It is a bit odd, um, seeing as the Euro 2020 qualifiers are going on and they are reasonably strict. And um, that's always the format with, with UEFA in terms of their competitions. But it's a little bit more freestyle here in, in the South American Copa America. But as I said, it doesn't make the competition any less important. In fact, I think as as it it looked like something that was going to slip under the radar and something that was just going to represent an opportunity for Brazil to capture some silverware and and sort of rebuild the reputation of that country which has kind of gone downhill since last time they hosted a competition i mean 2014 brazil hosting a world cup the script wrote wrote itself and then all of a sudden um, who, who would have saw the script said that germany were going to go into brazil and absolutely rape them 7-1 in, in a world cup semi-final it was just an unbelievable result and i just don't think that the national team have ever recovered from it and um we'll see what happens here for me Despite the fact Argentina has now got Messi back and despite the fact that Uruguay on his unbelievable run, I would still say it's Brazil's competition to, to lose. But but I think that Uruguay are our are sec, are, are second favourite, in my opinion, and the team to watch over um, Argentina. I just... I just feel Argentina have fallen short so often and they have their, their player that they need to rely on. They will be putting all of it on Messi's shoulders and I feel almost that Brazil have released themselves by, by not having that Neymar factor. Plus the fact that Neymar wasn't even particularly good this season. Even though his, this, even though his in, season was injury ravaged, um, was he particularly good? Um, is it good that he's involved in rape allegations as well? Is it good that he just came back and got injured again? Is it good that he thinks that he he's too good now to play at PSG and is and wants to have a move to to Real Madrid? And do Real Madrid want him? Do Barcelona want to sign him back? Is he worthy of playing for these teams? Is he that good? Is he still in the top five players in in the world? Is he in the top ten? I mean, it hasn't been a good two years um, for Neymar, and and the main image that we saw of Neymar this season was him being um, focused upon when he was injured and his team were eliminated by Manchester United and it was turned into a, a meme where he was mocked worldwide in, in form of a meme about the fact that um, his team were humiliatingly eliminated by Manchester United from having a 2-0 lead at Old Trafford and, and then being eliminated in Paris 3-1. Um, so it's just not been good for, for Neymar lately at all and I honestly feel that it may be beneficial to Brazil that he doesn't play in this tournament um, it's a weird tournament where 
there's going to be a quarterfinals, even though there's only three groups. So it means that all of the top three are going to go through pretty much unless you are the worst third place team. So it's a very, very odd format. So the real, only real way to be eliminated in group stages is to be bottom. It kind of makes the whole process a bit pointless. Um, Brazil are the one to seven favorites to win group A. Peru are the second favourites at seven to one. Venezuela sixteen to one. That's a team that just thrashed the USA three 0 away, and Bolivia are available at twenty eight to one. Uh, don't see how Brazil lose that group. It's pretty much just three more friendlies, I think, for them until the competition starts. The same cannot be said of Group B because although Argentina are the four to six favourites, Colombia are certainly in with a shout at two to one they have some real quality players there and they also have some old players that never seem to to leave that Colombia team but this could be the last run for some of them uh, people like Falcao uh, Paraguay at 14 to one and Qatar again an invited team at 20 to one it's obviously a two horse race and obviously Argentina are going to have no problem qualifying but I just wonder if there's any necessity here for them to win the group so if I was doing any kind of parlay here, I wouldn't be interested in involving Argentina in that because quite obviously they are going to qualify from that group. But whether they are incentivized enough to win it, I'm not too sure. Um, looking at Group C, it's Uruguay at 10 to 11. It's Chile at 13 to 8. Ecuador at 6 to 1 and Japan at 12 to 1. I am interested in this group. Um, I think Uruguay riding out that run, they're 100% since the World Cup. Uh, they won all their games at the World Cup until they lost to the winners. Um, they haven't lost a game for 28 months, as I said. And uh, I think that they are a much stronger team than Chile. And I would be interested in backing them to win their group at 10 to 11. So for me that's the path I would go down so looking at this competition overall I think that Uruguay and Brazil are strong bets to win their group um, I wouldn't be touching anything in Group B unless you can find a qualification market um, I'm not finding it at too many bookies in, in, in the UK which is worrying because that would mean that you guys would be finding it at even less stateside because usually I, I get a lot of messages saying that um, I'm finding markets that, that you guys are not finding over there which which is understandable um, seeing as gambling has only been is only starting to become legalized in a lot of places over there at the moment so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing too many places for teams, too many uh, markets for teams to qualify. So it would be difficult for me to stick my neck out and find anything to add for Group B. And even if I did add Argentina to qualify or Colombia to qualify or, or Paraguay to qualify, because I think there will be the three qualifiers over Qatar, what are we going to get really there? One to seven, one to six, one to four? It's not really going to be worthwhile. But for me, uh, Brazil... As group winners and Uruguay as group winners is well worth doing. I think Uruguay at best price of even money is available and um, Brazil at a best price of two to nine is available. You can parlay that at a bookie in the UK called Sporting Bet for 1.44 um, and a more common bookie, which I feel most people will have an account with, is Coral or Labbrooks. So have it at the same price and um, that's 1.36. So £200 on Uruguay and Brazil to win their group will come out at 472 Um The tournament winners, I still said Brazil, uh, despite the fact that 
Uh, they don't have Neymar. I don't think that's going to be a major hindrance. The best price on that is five to four. And the last market really worth looking at here is the top scorers market where Lionel Messi leads the pack at three to one. Gabriel Jesus is second at 13 to two. Luis Suarez at eight to one. Cavani at 10 to one. Aguero at 11 to one. Falcao 16 to one. Richarlison at 16 to one. Firmino 16 to one. And Alexis Sanchez and Coutinho joined at 20 to one. I think a good bet there is Gabriel Jesus. He's going to start most of the games for Brazil. They have a relatively easy group that they're going to cruise through. It's much easier than Argentina's. Um, I think Suarez and Cavani are going to split the goals. I don't know if Sergio Aguero is even going to be a starter, to be honest. If he is, that could be a decent shout, but only because it's at a big price. But for me, Gabriel Jesus is the standout bet in that market at 13-2 to be the top scorer because obviously I feel Brazil are going all the way to the final and they have a group where I think it's going to be down to how many goals they win these three games by, not a matter of um, if they win these three games. Um, I would also recommend a parlay on Brazil to win all three of their group games. If you can find that as a fixed bet, you should be able to to find that somewhere. There should be markets for uh, the groups and Brazil to win all their first three games. If not, you can just parlay it game by game. And I always tell my members how to do this. A parlay is simply three selections with the total of the first single added on to the next bet. So for example... I'm going to show you exactly how this works now. It's going to be, if we get one good thing out of this podcast, it's going to be me teaching you how a parlay works. So, um, the, all the Brazil games at this juncture are not listed at this time. But we have listings for Brazil versus Bolivia, which is a game I like, um, and Uruguay versus Ecuador and uh, Chile versus Japan. So we're going to look at this as a parlay. We're going to bet it all individually. Now, if we were to bet £120 on Brazil versus Bolivia, it's at 1 to 12, we would turn that automatically into £130 because we would be putting £120 down and we would be making a £10 profit on that. So we would be only making £10 and we would have a total of 130 Now, for the second leg of the parlay, that £130 would then go on to Uruguay, who I picked out as the second selection. So now we have Uruguay at 5-6 to six as the second selection in our parlay. So we would take Uruguay at 5-6, to six, we would put on the £130 that we just won, and that would make the total 200 and 38 pounds. So our two-legged parlay so far is paying 238. We then go to the third leg of the parlay, which was Chile to beat Japan. And so far, our two legs have paid out 238. So we're getting that at four to nine. So all I'm going to do here is I'm going to put in uh, 238 pounds at four to nine, and it ends up being 300 and 43 pounds total. So that three-team parlay, which started with 120 pound, has gone up to 343 pound. So that's how it worked 
doing it game by game. And that's how it's going to work with Brazil. So you're going to take your stake for the first one and whatever it returns, you're going to put all of that on to when the prices are put out for the second game. And I'll be telling you how to do all of that on lockbetting.com. I'll be walking you through it stage by stage. We will be covering all these first round of group games, Brazil versus Bolivia, Venezuela versus Peru, Argentina versus Colombia, Paraguay versus Qatar, um, Uruguay versus Ecuador, and Japan versus Chile. And I'll be back here to cover the knockout stages because that's when the competition really starts. So you'll be getting a podcast here covering the quarterfinals and giving an updated preview on who I think is going to win this competition. But for now, they are my picks. Brazil and Uruguay will win their groups. Gabriel Jesus will be the top scorer. And ultimately, with or without Neymar, I believe Brazil will be winning this competition at home in front of their home country and get some silverware back on into their into the trophy cabinet and put Brazil back on the international map. That's it from me. Good luck with all of your bets as always and don't forget to check me out at lockbetting.com. Thanks for listening.